I'm Arya Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. The second round of the WNBA playoffs just ended. Two very exciting games for very different reasons. Let's discuss. show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash winsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at winsider.com that's winsider.com and remember downloading the episode allows our stats to be better and allows us to continue doing this important work rachel two intense WNBA playoff games we're not going to get into the whole this shouldn't be a do or die round. We all know it should at least be a best of three. It's ridiculous to have the three and four seed. There's an argument to be made. I know percentage wise, the betting odds are against this, but there's an argument to be made that it's better to be in the first round. If you're going to have to play two do or dies, it's almost better to be warmed up for that. You could say, Um, but both higher, both better seeded teams, Seattle storm and the Minnesota Lynx, lose today. Interesting games happen. Let's start with the Mercury and the Storm. Did you see this going into overtime when when the game tipped off? I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, I really don't know what I what I was expecting. I think with Seattle, it was just it's kind of like you know you didn't know what they were what they were going to be capable of doing. Now with Seattle hosting it, I think that's you know we knew that Sue Bird was going to play really well. She did. Um, I'm still extremely emotional about the whole thing because I'm just like, oh my god, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting the level of emotion that came with that game, but um, you know, I, I don't know that I expected an overtime, um, but I definitely thought that it would be a back and forth game for sure. It's it was it was a great game. I mean, look, go as we review this. I mean, at one point, my wife turns to me and she goes, "Arya, but Stewie's not playing." So, <laughs> like for, right off the bat, Stewie's not playing. Diana Taurasi's hurt, and it really showed on the court. Yeah. But what I liked about her and and. You know me, I don't think Diana Taurasi is the GOAT, but I will say the greatness was on full display in this game. She wasn't hitting shots early. She knew, and it, what, she ends the game 3 of 11 from 3, 4 of 13 uh, overall. Yeah. What she was doing early on was finding different ways to impact, right? She's not a great defender. She never really has been. But she was facilitating other players, five early assists, yeah. yep. um, and just impacting the game in a different way. And like, that's what it comes down to, right? Like the Mercury, one of their best players was injured and was able to give it a go at whatever percentage. Seattle Storm didn't have their best player in Brianna Stewart, and it really went to the weight of the shoulders of Jewel Lloyd. And she did think, not deliver today. Yeah, I'll get to that here in a second. But I, I, I mean, I have to I have to credit Tarazi. I mean, obviously not not has not played in five games on an injured ankle. It was very evident she was not 100%. But man, I mean, just completely took over that overtime period, which... Which, you know, Tarazi in, a, in an elimination game, you know, really showed why she is in discussion for, you know, one of the greatest of all time because she did what she did. You know, she completely stepped up and made those shots. And listen, like in this scenario, in a game like this, in the playoffs, you know, whatever it might be, like it comes down to players, big, big time players stepping up and, and knocking down big time shots. And I think Brittany Griner played really well. Skylar Diggins-Smith did not play great today, especially. I mean, we talk mm-hmm. about those two missed free throws where she was kind of bailed off on 
uh, ball. She started line, off hot though. Line. She hit. She started <laughs> off real hot, hitting like hitting the three, hitting some yeah. other shot. Like she started off, and I think I tweeted this out there that like you know the last playoff game, she was at, at, like people were talking about her. She was getting the post game interview. I get it because she's a star on this team, but it was all Sophie Cunningham. This game, Skylar Diggins looked like she was on a mission to kind of be like, no, this is my game. It didn't end. It did not end that way. Um, but she still yeah. played. She still played great. I mean, you had the balanced scoring attack. Griner obviously was was extremely mm-hmm. dominant. Twenty three points and the sixteen rebound double double. I mean, that's that's just tough. That's just tough. And then Tarazi is able to take over in that fourth quarter. Like the biggest thing with Phoenix, like you know, down the stretch, some of those missed free throws. You kind of felt like you really felt like th- this game was Seattle's for the taking. And you know, if they just needed one or two more shots to fall, and then that falls in line with you know, Jewel Lloyd, you know, and, and this is a depleted Seattle storm team. We've been talking about it for, you know, feels like a month now since Stewart's been out, who's going to step up. You know, this is, this is the, you know, you can't expect Sue bird to go in and start completely taking over a game. Now she hit a big time three. She finished with 16 points. Like she did Sue bird things. I think you had other players who stepped up Katie Lou Samuelson, who would have expected 18 points from Samuelson, you know? And, and I just think that Jewel Lloyd, that this is the glaring stat. This is the glaring person that it falls on your shoulders. You know, you finish five for 24, oh, from seven from the three point line. You know, you connect on one of those threes and this is a different scenario, you know? And so, Very I, much so. I don't think that it's anything, um, you know, we could talk defense, we could talk rebounding, da, 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 da. It just comes down to like big time players making big time shots. And tonight Phoenix made more of them. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, Brittany Griner, Look, we had all the questions going into it. What we were going to see from Brittany Griner, what was Seattle going to be right. able to do to offset that? Uh, Brianna Turner had some hugely impactful plays. Yeah, she Those did. four she fouls really were ridiculous. Like, don't even get <laughs> the, the refereeing in both these games. Like, uh, we're not going to talk about that because that was going to be going crazy. <laughs> but, uh, like, no, I agree with you. I think the interesting aspect of this Seattle Storm game is the Jewel Lloyd aspect of. Yeah. She was, in my opinion, like arguably the MVP. Some people will say it was Stewie, fine, whatever. Like when Stewie wasn't on, Jewel was on. When Jewel wasn't on, Stewie was on. And it was that one-two punch of greatness. The question is, with Jewel Lloyd becoming a free agent this offseason, what do we see from that? You know, does she decide that she wants to, you know, find her way in, you know, the the free agency period? Is that what she decides she wants to do? Who knows? I don't know. But <laughs> that's going to be a lot of discussion, not to mention the question marks surrounding Sue Bird. And I'm sure, depending on what Bird decides and is is thinking about, you know, we'll, we'll have a, a trickling down effect to a lot of these players on this roster. But yeah, I mean, you hate, you, you, you never want to put it on one person. Um, but when I'm looking at these numbers and watching that game, I just, I just got the sense of like, if you just get a couple of those to fall, you know, a but, couple, but Rachel, shots. you're not, you're not putting it on her. What you're saying is, is like, we look at the matchups, we yeah. look at the different scenarios in our mind for Seattle to pull off a win. And all of it came down to Jewel Lloyd was going to need to perform. Now I should say she ends with 15 points, five for five from the free throw line, five assists, two blocks, a steal. She was like, I don't want it to go unnoticed that she was also playing defense against Skylar Diggins-Smith and playing good defense, I should say. And so, to well, me, it's I, – I, I don't think you're putting it on her to say, like, it came down to if she would have hit one of these shots, it's a different game because I think that's pretty factual considering what her impact is. And also what we saw before is 
And the reason, you know, you and I were texting during the game and I'm sitting over here like, stop giving Jewel the ball. Well, like at a certain point, yeah. you, you know, and, and you had a good response of like, I forget what exactly you said, so I'll let you say no, it. No, but- I, I just feel <laughs> at that moment, I, I agree. You've, you've got to keep going to Jewel Lloyd. You know, she's proven to be able to rise to the occasion. She's proven that she can get yeah. hot. She's proven that she can, you know, take over a game and, 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 and start making shots even on a tough shooting night. So my question is like, okay, you know, you're in a single elimination game. What are your options? You know, you're going to call place for Katie Lou who, who that's, that's not, it's nothing personal against Katie Lou. She played great, but I agree. You had to keep going to Lloyd and hope that she could get something going. She just couldn't. And, and I'm really questioning some of those, the, the decision-making down the stretch, honestly, with, with both teams were both was, teams. Was a little oh bit of a struggle, God. but you know, that the step back has fadeaway three with more than 30 seconds left. I'm like, why are we taking the shot? It, it was completely unnecessary at that point. I mean, go get a quick two, defend, potentially put Phoenix on the free throw line. They can't make a free throw to save their life at this point in the game. And so there were definitely some some end-of-game situations that were were really bad for Seattle. And again, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, I just – I don't know – you know, I, I don't, you, you do. You get to talk about those things in an overtime game, you know, so, some of those shot selections and – and, and why are we taking fadeaway threes where we should be just getting it to the rim and try and get ourselves to the free throw line or just for a quick two? It was just – it was disappointing. But at the same time, you know, I, I think you have to keep going to Jewel. You have to. She, she's, she's earned that, – that, that, that's, that's a respect. But that also comes a, bit, a big weight on your shoulders, you know. And, and this was just not her night. It was not her night. Yeah. No, I, I agree with everything you said. And, look, at the end of the day, my, my thing is this. Like, in the moment – you know, I'm texting you, okay, I completely agree with you that if she hits one of those shots, it's different because I, I don't know, I don't know the percentages in front of me, but in my mind, if Jewel Light hits one shot, the percentage likelihood of her hitting her next two, three shots is ridiculously high. That's just in my mind the way she's been shooting all sure. season. So, so I get it, and I get what you're saying, honestly. And my response is just, well, that is the weakness we talked about with this Storm team all season long, mm-hmm. is they no longer have this depth of having a Sammy with yeah. come off the bench yeah. of deciding if you don't want to start Clark and bring her off the bench. Um, and then having players that Ezzy and Mercedes Russell, who were players that, you know, in past years didn't need, like, I'm not, they played great. I think you know, Mercedes had, Russell played great. You know, she played amazing. Mm-hmm. And I want to give her all of her flowers, all of her props. That said, having them as your secondary line of defense, as opposed to your starters is a very big difference because when they're playing at that level, right? Like when you have other players who can play better than them, forcing them to be bench players, there's just a reason that's called depth on a team. Uh, Let's talk about the Mercury though. Brianna Turner, Brittany Griner, like big night for this team. Shea Petty struggled again. I mean, I don't remember the last time she went, I think she's almost at like two for 20 or something like that in the last two games. But impactful playoff or impactful defensive minutes. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts on the Mercury uh, and how they were able to get this victory? I think that I think that you know that, that we're talking about a team with depth. I mean, without without depth. I mean, in some ways, because you know, obviously Sophie Cunningham coming off a huge game did not see as as many minutes. Just nine um, nine minutes tonight, uh, zero points, which is fine. It wasn't necessarily her role, especially with Tarazi back in the game. So I mean. Phoenix Phoenix's big three or four did what they needed to do. 
you know, and that this th- that was the type of performance you would expect for, with a team full of Olympians. So a team built for playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's a team built for playoffs. I think Griner is the anchor of it all with her complete dominance right now, and like this is a team that's found a way um, to to give themselves a chance. You know, now how this is going to withstand in a series, you know, we can talk about that as as we head into this week, but. Really impressed with just Phoenix across the board. Like it, it had nothing has been given to them. They've gone out and just completely earned it, and it has not been pretty. It's been really gritty, and I think they've really taken care um, of the rebounding numbers, which has always been my big question mark with this team. Um, so yeah, I mean they they, they the, the 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 key faces of this Mercury team Mercury team did what they needed to do, and I think you know then you have Tarazi <laughs> in an overtime elimination game, and like she just does what Tarazi does, and she she just continues to show us that. All right, Rachel, the hot seat. Before we move on to the Sky and Lynx game, you don't have to break it down which games and whatever, but we got to say Mercury are aces and in how many? Ooh, I haven't even had a chance to think about this. Like, we literally, exactly. I literally That's just why turned this is off complete the television. Gut, straight off the television, gut reaction. We're out of five now. Um, I'm going to go aces in, aces in five. Aces and five. I, I like that. Like you make me make this call right now. I haven't even had a chance. Oh, we'll, to we'll update it in episodes <laughs> as this, you know before the series when we actually do an episode just breaking down the series. Right. But but this this is just a gut reaction thing. Honestly, I'm gonna go hot take because we're talking about the I aces. Think it could be four, but I'll stick with my original guess. Go ahead, Rachel. I'm gonna go Mercury in four. Wow. Okay. Okay. I th- I think there is there's something in the water. Brittany Griner is playing that dominance. You know, if to, a lot of it comes down to the health Mercury of these teams. Mercury are making it to the finals, okay. Uh, and the, and the, that is the crazy part and I think it will be a really good final series. I just I feel like this might be the year that they finally have everything clicking at the right time. Maybe I'm falling for it again and again and again, as we always do with the Phoenix Mercury. But hey, whatever. You know what? I'm riding the high of that win. All right, moving on to the next game. Chicago Sky go into Minnesota. Um, You know, first quarter looked like the game was going the Lynx way. Second quarter, adjustments from James Wade in the Chicago Sky. They take a four-point lead going into the half, and they do not look back. Pulling off the victory. Before we let's end this episode talking about the sky and what they did to win it. Yeah. I'm from Minnesota. My biases are out there and and clear. Like I am probably harder on the links than most people. I'm going to, I don't want to take away from this. We were talking about this before the episode. I don't want to take away from the sky's win, but so many preventable turnovers from the links. So much, so many things that this was, not the Lynx team that we had seen since the beginning of the year. I know a lot of that goes to the Sky's defense, but let's just talk about what fell apart for the Minnesota Lynx, and you'll probably have the ability to talk about your favorite position. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's it, it just – I think Clarendon was missed greatly in this game for Minnesota. I just want to go ahead and put that out there. I think if you are asking Ariel Powers to make decisions with the ball in her hands – She's not that player. She's not that player. She wants to go get her. She wants to go get a bucket. Um, Powers, Powers finished the game. You know, I, I think it was, a, 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 yeah, leading score, 24 points, uh, 10 for 21 from the field, six turnovers from an efficiency standpoint, minus 10. Um, you know, so 
you know, you're, you're asking powers to come in here and make decisions and, and the ball is in her hands late in the game. And I think we saw, especially in that second half, um, the ball was not moving. There wasn't a whole lot of flow to offensively. I mean, and, and, and I mean, you talked about Minnesota starting out this game. They, I mean, they, Sylvia Fowles, I think, had seven shot attempts that first quarter. Correct me. I'm sure I'm, I could no, be off. Right. Um, Minnesota wins that. that two the rest of the game. Finishes, you know, 20, they're, they're leading after the first quarter, 23 to 22. So Fowles ends up getting a lot of touches. The game plan is pounded inside and pounded inside. I think Minnesota had a really good um, advantage, Chicago, in the interior. Um, I don't know who can really match up with Fowles. I mean, you have to look at, you know, Dolson was on her times, obviously Candace Parker, but, you know, Fowles getting only nine touches is really disappointing. Um, whether you want to credit Chicago or you want to talk about how there was no true um, facilitator out there on the court, I think really hurt Minnesota. It was really, it was really hard to watch that second half. I'm not going to lie. Um, Kayla McBride, you know, finished with 19 points and efficient for, of seven from the field. So I think, I think McBride, you know, did what she needs to do, knock down some shots. I just felt like, you know, you needed a little bit more from Nafisa Collier. Um, you know, obviously we were talking oh, about. Oh, he struggled mightily. Yeah, I mean, finishes three for 11 with eight points. I mean. Two, two big three. Those threes were big and they came yeah. at times where I think if you're a Lynx fan, because I was on the phone with my stepdad at the time, you were pissed off during those, those shots. Yeah because of how she's been shooting the three all season, but too big. I mean, we got to talk about how late in this game, the team found a way. I completely agree with you on Lasia Clarendon was extremely missed. I mean, this was the type of game that you look at Rachel Bannum and Crystal Dangerfield and you expect them, you coming off of the rookie season Dangerfield had, you expect more coming off the season she had this year, you expect what happened, but to not get any semblance of a, a, a viable point guard from Bantam or Dangerfield this yeah. whole game and not ha- like that was what you're talking about right there. Honestly, I would have liked to see Bridget Carlton get a little bit more play. Um, just in general, I felt like it was too many without having a facilitator. Everyone reverted into hero ball where they all wanted right. to be the hero. Yep. And because Sylvia Fowles is so freaking nice and maybe to her own disadvantage, wasn't, you know, I'm not going to like criticize her leadership, so I don't want anyone to take this in the wrong way. But in the sense of Sylvia Fowles, is, has, I've never seen her be that type of leader who's going to pull you know, a Powers, a McBride in and say, hey guys, you need to feed me the effing ball because if not, we're going to lose. And when you feed me the ball, I'm going to get mine but and you're going to get yours. Happen. I mean, case in point, there was, there was one play in the fourth quarter, um, Powers and, and Sill coming off the pick and roll game. Sim, Sill rolls... Ball goes into Sill. Double team is drawn because she's going to demand so much attention defensively. Is able to kick it out to McBride for a wide open horse three. You know, and that was one of the very few possessions where the ball was really shared in that fourth quarter. You know, and so it just unfortunately Minnesota just didn't have, you know, the 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 whatever whatever you want to call it the 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 ability to run their offense and do the things that Minnesota does when they're really good you know it was just like you said that hero ball type of mentality I mean then on and on top of it the glaring number and it, and you don't want to do this rebounds rebounds but but the, the turnovers I mean Chicago yeah. Chicago did a great job of capitalizing off turnovers they they were able to get out and run um, I, I don't you're know. not winning with 20 turnovers yeah. against a team that can run as fast as Chicago I mean I mean, they average, um, I think they average like 10 fast break points. They finished with like 20. I mean, so Chicago was able to have their way with Minnesota and, and was able to do just enough defensively, um, you know, to, to 
to pull this one out. I mean, and and I know you said we were going to wait to talk about Chicago, but I think this is the time. I think we I think we lead into it. I think Chicago, you know, it was a balanced attack. Um, it was offensively the type of game you'd like to see, where you've got, you know, five people in double figures. Um, you know, they 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 were able to control the glass, which I think speaks volumes against a team that has you know a player like Sylvia Fowles, who, you know, is one of the best rebounders in the history of the game. So. Um, Chicago was good. This was like the Chicago team that you would hope would show up in a playoff time. You know, Candace Parker wasn't great, but she contributes to the game in so many ways that don't always show up in that stat sheet, you know? And um, I just think that I'm encouraged that, um, you know, Kalia Copper continues to play as well as she's playing. Diamond DeShields stepped up, Rachel. Diamond DeShields hit some shots. Courtney Courtney Vandersloot, you know, knocking down some open threes, finished with 19 points. I mean, Courtney Vandersloot was really, really good. Azurae Stevens played really, really well. I mean, this is the Chicago team that we – that we know they can be. And I felt like, and I felt like in, and again, in true Allie Quigley fashion, every time Minnesota like might get a little bit of inkling of like momentum, Allie would hit a shot and just like, take she would just like, sprint down, sales, you know? like middle j- mid jump, catch the ball, turn right. around. It, it was like a video game watching her shoot, but like, uh, no, not a video game, like a TV show, cartoon <laughs> ninja version of basketball, the way she would catch it mid air and turn. And they kept talking about setting her feet. Her feet were like three feet off the ground. Well, and it's not even like she had the, this was not the best offensive showing for Allie Quigley, you know, with 11 points, just four for 10 from the field. I mean, that's like, okay, she hit, but her shots came at key moments that it felt like, all right, we got to get the ball in Allie's hands and they're getting a little bit of momentum and she just, it's like a dagger. Um, And so that's what Allie Quigley does best. And I'm really encouraged that we get to see the Chicago team kind of one, be in this situation. Um, I, th- I think Chicago is across the board, the more talented team. They should have won tonight. I, I think, and again, that's not a, that's not a knock on Minnesota. Minnesota had a phenomenal year across the board, but they won, weren't, didn't have their complete team tonight. It was a little bit of a depleted roster and, and they no, overachieved. Also Dantas, yeah. not having Dantas, I think right. is a huge impact also. Sure. Well, Rachel, I, I agree that they're the more talented team currently, but I will because I can never agree with you. You know me. But also one I, of the most inconsistent teams, for sure. Exa- well, exactly. And that's what, you know, we talked about this, and we've talked about this all season long. Chicago is an insanely talented team, but consistently-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, the Lynx were a better team and more talented in the sense of this season. Mm-hmm. That said, Chicago Sky, we know who's on this team. We know what they have the ability to do. Well, the and Sky, and when, when the they're... Play- and that's why the playoffs are, are a completely yeah. different season. You know, but that and and I completely agree with that, which is why I like we see the advantage for Phoenix and Chicago to have games under their belt. I think it's an advantage personally. I there it's granted. Look, having the double buy is very good because now what we're seeing is Phoenix is going to have to continue right in two days. They have game one Chicago in two days is going to have to play again. This is when in in the semifinal series, in my opinion, is when the complete unfair disadvantage starts to kick in truly against the team that was in the first and the second rounds, because now we're talking about your third game in six days or so you're talking about entering into a series. And like when you enter this series, you finally can relax for a second, but not really because you have to go up against a team that's Mm -hmm. fully rested. Um, And I, and I feel like in games two, three and four, if it gets that far, that's where it's just like a ridiculous advantage 
for the team that is made. And that's why the one and two seed, whatever I'm rambling right now. <laughs> but I think what we're seeing is this is why we need a series right now. But we said we weren't going to get into that. Rachel, should we are, are we ready? Have we talked about both these teams enough where you feel like we can do a little prediction? Yes, yes. And I think I think we should touch. I do We do a little prediction. I think we touch on what do we have? Matchups are on Tuesday and Thursday this week. So we get one whole day <laughs> to catch our breath from all of yep. this. <laughs> so go ahead. Have, have at it. Well, all right. I guess I'll go first because I made you go first last time. I'm going to go hot take. I, I'm, all right. This is what I'll do because I don't think it's a hot take. I'm going to go with a breakdown of games. I think the Sky win game one, but then drop the next three. Yeah. So sun in four. Sun in four. I think that, um, man, it's 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 it is entirely possible that Chicago is that team this year that hits their stride at the right time after such a chaotic year of back and forth yes, and, and roller coaster. We all know that this Sky team is capable of of I I believe you know making it to the finals and even potentially I don't know that I want to say I don't know I don't know that I'm willing to say that quite yet it's just been so inconsistent this year they Um, did beat the sun two out of three games I know and that's a good point but both were without JJ one of them was was without Kurt so I I think that um are you hating on Brandy because I'll tell her I love you, Brandy. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that it's going to go to five. I'll go Connecticut in five. Connecticut in five. Okay. Let me write that down. I think that Chicago's going to play really well. They're going to steal a couple. Connecticut's just going to be too consistent and too good defensively. I think Chicago still has to find a way to defend Connecticut. My thought is just, you know, looking at this game, when you think about the Connecticut Sun, the question mark is offense. Right when the wheels start spinning, when you're not moving, what can they do offensively when they start missing shots? You know what I mean? Like, w- kind of what we saw from the yeah. links. What happens tonight when you stop making shots? Well, the opposite is for the sky, right? What happens when they can't make any defensive stops because yeah. the weaknesses for these, yeah. like, it's the it's a great offense versus a great defense. Who wins that battle in your mind, Rachel? Obviously, you said defense. Sun, but defense I think the defense does but I also think that it, it is entirely possible that Connecticut sweeps Chicago you know like I think that this I, I personally hope it goes to five just because we want all the basketball you know but but I think that Connecticut's defense is so so disciplined and so stifling that you know it is possible that they just continue to take Chicago out of what they want to do and they're not able to make enough adjustments um, to, to, to score enough points, you know, I, I, I don't know that at the end of the day, Chicago will be able to overcome the discipline of Connecticut. Um, so I, I think this one's really intriguing to me because you also have the Connecticut Sun team that like, you know, riding on this massive win streak. And again, we're talking about a different season, right? And they've been sitting at home kind of resting and recovering. Do they come out a little bit flat? Um, it's going to be really interesting. I could see Connecticut sweeping Chicago or I could see this going, to five with Connecticut ultimately winning. I think it, I think this one's really wide open. It, it's going to be really interesting. And, and maybe I'm doing a disservice, but I feel like this game is going to come down in many ways to strategy. This series, I should say, is going to come down so much yeah. in strategy. Whereas Phoenix and Vegas, I just kind of see it as like the players playing. Maybe, maybe that that's offensive. I don't know. I just, 
when I look at when I look at this matchup, I just think it's gonna have to be it's gonna be a chess match. When I look at the other matchup, I just feel like it's gonna be a heavyweight bout of like you can throw everything out the window. We just got two insanely talented rosters, and they're gonna be going for forty minutes for all the games, and it's gonna be crazy. Well, well, and with this Connecticut and Sky game, I mean, you're you're literally dealing with the most consistent team in the league taking on one of the most talented but most inconsistent teams of the league. So it just comes down to literally consistency. And I I just don't know. Even if Chicago peaks and plays, plays some of their best basketball in this series, I don't know if they have – they have not shown enough consistency through the course of the season to do it yet. Now maybe this is the moment. I, I would be shocked, but especially against a team like Connecticut. I mean, this is a tall task yeah, ahead of them. and we'll see. We'll be back to break down the series. Don't worry, we'll be back during the series to chat about it, have some guests on, discuss the WNBA playoffs. It's the best time of the year. Let me remind you, Winsider is your one-stop shop for all your WNBA news and conversation. We can't do it without your help. Become a subscriber at patreon.com backslash Winsider. For just a few dollars a month, you can help grow the game. 